Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Chapter 5. This one is called Diagon Alley. Do you know what Diagon Alley is? No. <gasps> oh my god, you're going to be so excited. All right, Diagon Alley. Peyton's frustrated because she's learning how to crochet and she's frustrated. That's not what you're frustrated for? No. Harry woke early the next morning. Although he could tell it was daylight, he kept his eyes shut tight. It was a dream, he told himself firmly. I dreamt a giant called Hagrid came to tell me I was going to a school for wizards. When I open my eyes, I'll be at home in the cupboard. There was suddenly a loud tapping noise. And there's Aunt Petunia knocking at the door, Harry thought, his heart sinking. But he still didn't open his eyes. It had been such a good dream. Tap, tap, tap. All right, Harry mumbled. I'm getting up. He sat up and Hagrid's heavy coat fell off of him. The hut was full of sunlight and the storm was over. Hagrid himself was asleep on the collapsed sofa and there was an owl wrapping its claw on the window, a newspaper held in its beak. Harry scrambled to his feet, so happy he felt a large balloon was swelling inside of him. He went straight to the window and jerked it open. The owl swooped in and dropped the newspaper on top of Hagrid, who didn't wake up. The owl fluttered into the door and began began to attack Hagrid's coat. Don't do that! Harry tried to wave the owl out of the way, but it snapped its beak fiercely at him and carried on savaging his coat. Hagrid, Harry, said Harry loudly, there's an owl. Pay him off, Hagrid said on the sofa. What? He wants paying for delivering the paper. Looks, looks in pockets. Hagrid's coat seemed to be made of nothing but pockets. Bunches of keys, slug pellets, balls of string, peppermint humbugs, tea bags. Finally, Harry pulled out a handful of strange looking coins. Give him five K-nuts. Is it just nuts with the silent K? I don't know. Oh, okay. You'll, I mean, usually you know everything, so. I don't like Harry Potter. <gasps> oh my god, please, you know. Oh, you take that back. No. no nuts? We're going to say we're gonna say it's like a silent K. <laughs> nuts? The little bronze ones. Harry counted out five little bronze coins, and the owl held out his legs so that Harry could put the money into a small leather pouch tied to it. Then he flew off through the open window. Hagrid yawned loudly, sat up and stretched. Best be off, Harry. Lots to do today. Gotta get you up to London and buy all your stuff for school. Harry was turning over the wizard coins and looking at all of them. He had just thought of something that made him feel as though the happy balloon inside him had gotten a puncture. Um, Hagrid? "Mm Mm-hmm, said Hagrid, who was pulling on his huge boots. I don't have any money. And you heard Uncle Vernon last night. He won't pay for me to go and learn magic. Oh, don't worry about that, said Hagrid, standing up and scratching his head. Do you think your parents didn't leave you anything? But if their house was destroyed, they didn't keep their gold in the house, boy. 
Nah, first stop, it's at Gringotts Wizard Bank. Have a sausage and they're... Have a sausage. They're not bad. They're not bad cold. And I wouldn't say not... I wouldn't say not to... Not a bit of birthday cake neither. Wizards have banks? Just the one. Gringotts. Run by goblins. Harry dropped the bit of sausage that he was holding. Goblins? Yeah, so you'd be mad to try and rob him, I'll tell you that. Never mess with goblins, Harry. Gringotts got the sa- is the safest place in the world for anything you want to keep safe, except maybe Hogwarts. Matter of fact, I gotta visit Gringotts anyway, Gringotts anyway for Dumbledore, Hogwarts business. Hagrid grew, drew himself up proudly. He usually gets me to do important stuff for him. Fetching you, getting thing from Gringotts, knowing he can trust me, see? Got everything? Come on, then. Harry followed Hagrid out, out into the rock. The sky was quite clear, and the sea gleamed in the sunlight. The boat that Uncle, Fer- Uncle Vernon had hired was still there, with lots of water at the bottom after the storm. How did you get here? Harry asked, looking around for another boat. <clears throat> Flew said Hagrid. Flu? Yeah, but we gotta go, but we'll go back on this. Not supposed to use magic now that I've gotcha. They settled down on the boat, Harry still staring at Hagrid, trying to imagine him flying. Seems what a shame to row, though, Hagrid said, giving Harry another, another of his sideways looks. If I were to speed things up a bit, would you mind not mention it at Hogwarts? Of course not, Harry said, eager to see more magic. Hagrid pulled out a pink umbrella again and tapped it twice on the side of the boat, and then they sped off towards land. Why would why would you be mad to try and rob a gring, rob Gringotts? Harry spelled spells and enchant, enchantments, said Hagrid, unfolding his newspaper as he spoke. They say their danger their dragons guarding the high security vault, and then you gotta find your way out. <clears throat> Gringotts is hundreds of miles under London. See deep under the ground, and you'd die of hunger trying to get out, even if you did manage to get your hands on some of it. Harry sat through. Harry sat and thought about this a while while Hagrid read his newspaper, The Daily Prophet. Harry, Harry had learned from Uncle Vernon that people liked to be left alone while they did this, but it was very difficult. He'd never had so many questions in his life. Ministry of Magic, messing things up as usual, Hagrid muttered, turning this page. There's a Ministry of Magic, Harry asked, before he could stop himself. Of course, said Hagrid. They want Dumbledore for ministry, minister, of course. But he'd never leave Hogwarts, so old Cornelius Fudge got the job. Bungler, if it's ever there, if there ever was one. So he pelts Dumbledore with owls every morning, asking for advice. But what does the Ministry of Magic do? <sighs> well, their main job is to keep it from keep it from the Muggles, so that there's still witches and wizards up and down the country. Why? Why? Blimey, Harry! Everyone wanted would want to be magic solutions to their problems. Now nah, we're best left alone. And at this moment. The boat bumped gently into the harbor wall. Hagrid folded up his newspaper, and they clambered to the stone steps to the street onto the streets. Passerby stared at Hagrid as they walked through the little little town to, into to the station. Harry couldn't blame them. 
Not only was Hagrid twice as tall as everyone else, he kept pointing out perfectly ordinary things like parking meters and saying loudly, See that, Harry? Things these muggles dream up, huh? Hagrid, Harry said, panting a bit as he was running to try and keep up. Did you say that there are, that there are dragons at Gringot? Well, so they say, said Hagrid. Crikey, like a dragon. Or crikey, I'd like a dragon. You'd like one? Wanted ever, one, one ever since I was a kid. Here we go. Had They had reached the station. There was a train to London in five minutes' time. Hagrid, who didn't understand muggle, money, understand muggle money, as he called it, gave the bills to Harry so that he could buy their tickets. People stared more than ever on the train. Hagrid look up, looked up two seats and sat knitting what looked like a canary yellow circus tent. Still got your letter, Harry? He asked as he was counting the stitches. Oh my god, he's, knit, he's knitting and you're crocheting. Harry took the parchment envelope out of his pocket. Good, said Hagrid. There's a list of everything you need. Harry unfolded the second piece of paper he hadn't noticed the night before and read, Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Uniform. First year students will require, one, set three sets of plain work robes, black. Two, one plain pointed hat, black for win- for day wear. Three, one pair of protective gloves, dragon hide or similar. Four, one winter cloak, black silver fastenings. Please note that all pupils' clothes should carry name tags. Course books. All students should have a copy of each of the following: the standard spell book of the standard book of spells, Grade One, by Miranda Goshhawk. A History of Magic by Bathilda Bagshot. Magical Theory by Aldebert Waffling. A Beginner's Guide to Transformation by Imric Switch. 1,000 Magical Herbs and Fungi by Philida Spore. Magical Draughts and, oh, Magical Draughts and Potions by Arsonist Jigger. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them by Newt Gamander. Dark Forces, A Guide to Self-Protection by Quentin Trimble. Other equipment. One wand. One cauldron. Pewter standard size two. One set of crystal vials. One telescope. One brass scales. Students may also bring an owl or a cat or a toad. <gasps> no, I thought they could bring a rat too. Yeah, they can. Yeah, I guess not. Not, not really. Parents are recommended that the first-year students are not allowed to bring their own broomsticks. Can we buy all, all this in London? Harry wondered aloud. If you know where to go, said Hagrid. Harry had never been to London before, although Hagrid seemed to know where he was going. He obviously was not used to getting there in an ordinary way. He got stuck in the ticket barrier on the underground and complained loudly that the seats were too small and the trains were too slow. because he's faster i don't know how the muggles manage without magic he said as they climbed up a broken down escalator that led up to a bustling road lined with shops hagrid was so huge that he parted the crowd easily all harry had to do was keep close behind him they passed bookshops and music stores hamburger restaurants and cinemas but nowhere that looked as if he could sell you a magic wand This was just an ordinary street of ordinary people. Could there really be piles of wizards and 
wizard's gold buried miles beneath them? Where were the shops that sold spell books and broomsticks? Might not this all be some huge joke that the Dursleys had cooked up? If Harry hadn't known that the Dursleys had no sense of humor, he might have thought so. Yet, somehow, even though everything Hagrid had told him so far was unbelievable, Harry couldn't stop trusting him. This is it, said Hagrid, coming to a halt. The Leaky Cauldron. It's a famous place. It was a tiny, grub, grubby-looking pub. If Hagrid hadn't pointed it out, Harry wouldn't have even noticed that it was there. People hurrying by didn't even glance at it. Their eyes slid from the big bookshop on the side to the record shop on the other side, as if they couldn't even see the leaky cauldron at all. In fact, Harry had the most peculiar feeling that only he and Hagrid could see it. Before he could mention this to Hagrid, he steered him inside. For a famous place, it was very dark and shabby. A few old women were sitting in a corner drinking tiny glasses of sherry. One of them was smoking a long pipe. A little man on the top, in a top hat was talking to the old bartender who was quite bald and looked like a toothless walnut. The low buzz of chatter stopped when they walked in. Everyone seemed to know Hagrid. They waved and smiled at him, and the bartender reached for a glass saying, The usual Hagrid? Can't, Tom. I'm on Hogwarts, Hogwarts business, said Hagrid, clapping his great hands on Harry's shoulder, making, making Harry's knees buckle. Good Lord, said the bartender, peering at Harry. Is this? Can it be? The leaky cauldron had suddenly gone completely still and silent. Bless my soul, said the old bartender. Harry Potter, what an honor. He hurried out from behind the bar, rushed towards Harry, and seized his hand, tears in his eyes. Welcome back, Mr. Potter. Welcome back. Harry didn't even know what to say. Everyone was looking at him. The old woman with a pipe was puffing without even realizing it had gone out. Hagrid was beaming. There was a great scraping of chairs, the next, and the next moment, Harry found himself shaking hands with everyone in the leaky cauldron. <coughs> Doris Crawford, Mr. Potter, I can't believe I'm meeting you at last. So proud, Mr. Potter, I'm just so proud. I always wanted to shake your hand. I'm in a bit of a flutter. Delighted, Mr. Potter, I just can't tell you. Dingle's the name, Delias Dingle. I've seen you before, said Harry, as, oh, it's Daedalus? Sorry, Daedalus. Daedalus? Oh my gosh, what, these are hard names. Daedalus Diggle's top hat fell off in excitement. You bowed at me once in, the sh- in a shop. He remembers, cried Delat. Did, oh my gosh, whoever knows this book is going to be like, it's Daedalus. <laughs> Del- Daedalus Diggle, looking around at everyone. Did you hear that? He remembers me. Harry shook his hand again. Doris Crawford kept coming back for more. A pale young man made his way forward very nervously, one of his eyes twitching. Professor Quirrell, said Hagrid. Harry, Harry, Professor Quirrell would be one of your teachers at Hogwarts. Potter, stammered Professor Quirrell, gasping at Harry's hand. Can't tell you how pleased I am to meet you. What sort of magic do you teach? Do you teach, Professor Quirrell? Defense against the dark arts, muttered Professor Quirrell, as though he'd rather not think about it. Not that you need it, Potter. He laughed nervously. You'll be getting all of your equipment, I suppose. I've got to pick up a new book and vampires myself. He looked terrified at the very thought. 
but the others wouldn't let Professor Quirrell keep Harry to them to himself. He it took almost ten minutes to get away from them all at last. Hagrid had managed to make himself heard over the babble. Must get on tons to do to buy. Come on, Harry. Doris Crawford Crockford shook Harry's hand one last time, and Hagrid led them through the bar into a small walled courtyard where there had been nothing but trash and cans and a few weeds. Hagrid grinned at Harry. Told you, didn't I? Told you he was famous. Even Professor Quirrell was trembling at Tamicha. Mind you, he's usually trembling. Is he always that nervous? Oh, yeah, poor bloke. Brilliant mind. He was fine while he was studying out of books, but then he took a year off for the first-hand experience, and they say he met vampires in the Black Forest, and there was a nasty old bit of trouble with a hag. Never been the same since. Scared of the students. Scared of his own subject. Now, where's me umbrella? Vampires? Hags? Harry's head was swimming. Hagrid meant... Hagrid, meanwhile, was counting bricks on the wall above the trash can. Three up, two across, he muttered. Right. Stand back, Harry. He tapped the wall three times at the point of his umbrella. The bricks had touched and quivered. The bricks he had touched had quivered. It wiggled. In the middle was a small hole, and it grew wider and wider. A second later, they were facing an archway large enough for even Hagrid to... Hagrid, an archway into a cobbled street that twisted and turned out of sight. Welcome, said Hagrid, to Diagon Alley. He grinned at Harry's amusement. They stepped through the archway. Harry looked quickly over his shoulder and saw the archway shrinking instantly back into a solid wall. The sun shone brightly on a stack of cauldrons outside the nearest shop. Cauldrons all sizes, copper, brass, pewter, silver, self-stirring, collapsible, and a sign hanging over them. You'll have, you'll, yeah, you'll be needing one, said Hagrid, but we got to get your money first. Harry wished that he had about eight more eyes. He turned his head in every direction as they walked up the street, trying to look at everything all at once. The shops, the things outside of them, the people doing their shopping. A plump woman outside of an apothecary. That's right. Yep. Was shaking her head as they passed, saying, Dragon liver, 16 sickles an ounce. They're mad. A low, soft hooting came came from inside the dark shop with a sign saying, Ilops Owl Emporium. Tawny Screech, Barn Brown and Snowy. Several boys of Harry Potter's age had their nose pressed against a window with a broomstick in it. Look, Harry... Harry heard one of them say, "The new Nimbus two thousand, fastest ever." They were, there were shops selling robes, shops selling telescopes and strange silver instruments Harry had never seen before. Windows stacked with barrels of bat spleens and eyes out, eels eyes, tottering piles of spell books and quills and rolls of parchment, potion bottles, globes and the globes of the moon. Gringotts, said Hagrid. They had reached the snowy white building that towered over the little, over the other little shops, standing beside in its burshened bronze doors, wearing a uniform of scarlet and gold, was... Yep, that's a goblin, Hagrid said quietly as they walked up to the white stone steps towards him. The goblin was about a head shorter than Harry. He had a worthy, a swarthy, clever face and a pointed beard, and Harry noticed long fingernails and feet. He bowed as they walked inside. 
Now they were facing a second pair of doors, silver this time, with the words engraved upon them. Enter, stranger, but take heed of what awaits the sin of greed. For those who take but do not earn must pay the pay most dearly in their turn. If you seek beneath our floors a treasure that was never yours, thief, you have been warned, beware of finding more than treasure there. So they're like, we're going to kill you if you try and steal from us. Holy moly. Yeah, like I said, it'd be mad to try and rob them, said Hagrid. A pair of goblins bowed them, th- bowed them through the silver doors, and they were in a vast marble hall. About a hundred more goblins were sitting on high stools behind the long counters, scribbling on large ledges, ledgers, weighing coins and brass scales, examining precious stones through eyeglasses. There were too many doors to count leading off the hall, and yet more goblins were showing people in and out of these. Hagrid and Harry made their way to the counter. Morning, said Hagrid to a free goblin. We've come to take out some money out of Mr. Harry Potter's safe. You have his key, sir? Got it here somewhere, Hagrid said, as he started emptying his pockets to the on the counter, scattering a half of an old moldy dog biscuit <laughs> over the goblin's book of numbers. The goblin wrinkled his nose. Yeah. Harry watched the goblin on the right weighing a pile of rubies as big as a glowing coal. Got it, said Hagrid at last, holding up the tiny golden key. The goblin looked at it closely. It seems to be in order. And I've also got a letter from Professor Dumbledore, said Hagrid importantly, throwing back, throwing out of his chest. It's about you-know-what in Vault 713. The goblin read the letter carefully. Very well, he said, handing it back to Hagrid. I will have someone take you down to both vaults. Griffok! I wonder if that's one of the person's name. Griffok was yet another goblin. Yep. Yep. And Hagrid had crammed all of the dog biscuits and back inside his pockets and he and harry followed griffith towards one of the doors leading off the hall what's the you know what in vault number 700 and 713 asked harry can't tell you that said hagrid mysteriously very secret hogwarts business dumbledore's trusted me more than my job's worth to tell you that griffith took the door open for them oh held the door open for them harry who had expected more marble was surprised they were in a narrow stone passageway lit with flame torches it st- it sloped steeply downward and there was a little railway a little railway tracks on the floor griffith whistled to a small cart and it came hurling up the tracks towards them <laughs> they climbed in haggard with some difficulty and were off as for at first, they just hurtled through some maze of twisting package- passages. Harry tried to remember left, right, left, right, middle fork, right, left, right. It was impossible. But the rattling cart seemed to know its own way because Griffith wasn't even steering. Harry's eyes stung as the cold air rushed past them, but he kept them wide open. Once he thought that he saw a burst of fire at the end of the passageway and then twisted around to see if it was a dragon. But too late, they plunged even deeper, passing into an older underground lake where huge stalicities and stalagmites grew from the ceiling to floor oh those are the things that are in like caves that like bat the bat Mm -hmm. caves i 
Um, I never know, Harry called out to Hagrid over the noise of the cart. What's the difference between a stalagmite and a stalacite? Stalagmite's got an M in it, he said, and 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 a done. Ask me any questions now. I think I'm gonna get sick. He didn't look very green. He did. He did look very green. And when the cart stopped on that last beside the small door in the passage wall, Hagrid got out and had to lean against the wall to stop his knees from trembling. Griffith unlocked the door, and a lot of green smoke came billowing out as it cleared. Harry gasped. Inside were mounds of gold coins, columns of silver, heaps of little brown nuts. All yours, smiled Hagrid. All Harry's. It was incredible. The Dursleys couldn't have even known about this, or they'd have hid it from him, or would have, they'd have had it from him faster than blinking. How often had they complained about how how much Harry cost them to keep, and all the time there had been a small fortune belonging to him buried deep under London. Hagrid helped Harry pile some of it into a bag. The gold ones are gillions, he said, 17 silver sickles to a gillion, and 29 nuts to a sickle. It's easy enough, right? That should be far enough for a couple of terms. We'll keep the rest in your safe here, yeah? He turned to the Griff- he turned to Griffith. Vault seven hundred and thirteen now, please. And can we go a little slowly? One speed only, said Griffith. They were getting even deeper now into the gap and gathering speed. The air became colder and colder as they hurtled right they hurtled around tight corners. They went rattling over an underground ravine, and Harry leaned over the side to see what was down there in the dark bottom. But yeah, reading with dogs. That's right. That's so funny. And Hagrid groaned and pulled himself back by the scruff of his neck. Vault 713 had no keyhole. Stand back, Hagrid said importantly. He stroked the door gently with one of his long fingers, and it simply melted away. Oh my gosh, do you think it's protected by, like, fingerprints? Me? Oh my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Me either. I don't know either. If anyone but a Gring- Gringotts goblin tried to be tried that, they'd be sucked through the door and trapped inside there, said Griffith. How often do you check to see if anyone's inside? About every once once every ten years, Griffith said Griffith when with a rather nasty grin. Something really extraordinary had to be inside this top top secret top security vault harry was sure and when he leaned forward eagerly expecting to see fabulous jewels at the very least but at first he thought it was empty then he noticed a grubby little package wrapped in brown paper lying on the floor hagrid picked it up and tucked it into his coat harry longed to know what it was but knew better than to ask come on back from the in- back into that infernal cart and don't talk to me on the way back it's best if i keep my mouth shut hagrid said one wild cart ride later, they stood blinking in the sunlight outside Gringotts. Harry didn't even know where to run, where to run first. Now that he had a bag of money, he didn't even know how to have a bag of money, and how many galleons there were to a pound. To know that he was holding more money than he'd ever had in his entire life, more than even Dudley that Dudley had ever had, might as well get get your uniform. Hagrid said, nodding towards the madam. Malkin's robes for all occasion. Listen, Harry, would you mind if I slipped off for 
a pick-me-up at the leaky cauldron. I hate them gringot carts. He did st- he did still look a bit sick, so Harry entered Madame Malkin's shop alone, feeling nervous. Madame Malkin was a squat, smiling witch dressed in all mauve. Hogwarts, dear, she said when Harry started to speak. Got a lot here. Yet another man fitting up just now, in fact. In the back of the shop, a boy with a pale, pointed face was standing on a footstool while a second witch pinched his long black robe. Madame Malkin stood stood Harry on the stool next to him, slipped <laughs> slipped a long robe over his head and began to pin it to the right length. Hello, said the boy. Hogwarts too? Yes, said Harry. My father's next door buying my books and my mother's... No, the boy's talking to Harry. Okay, so I'll start over. The boy said, hello, said the boy. Hogwarts too? Yes, said Harry. And then the the next line is, my father's next door buying my books and my mother's up the street looking at wands, said the boy. He had a bored, drawling voice. When I'm going to drag them, uh, then I'm going to drag them off to the racing rooms. I don't see why first years can't have their own. I think I'll bully a fat bully father into getting me the one that I want and smuggle it in somehow. Harry was strongly reminded of Dudley. Have you got your own broom? The boy went on. No, said Harry. Play Quidditch at all? No, said Harry again, wondering what the heck Quidditch was. I do. Father says it's a crime. If I'm not picked to play for my house, I I must say I agree. Know what house you're going to be in yet? No, said Harry, feeling more stupid by the minute. Well, no one really knows until they get there, do they? But I for sure know I'm in Slytherin. All of our family has been. Imagine imagine being in Hufflepuff. I think I'd leave, wouldn't you? Wait, what is Harry? Um, Gryffindor. I'm Slytherin. Oh my gosh, you naughty, naughty girl. What? No. Yes, it's Slytherin, that's where all the bad witches come from. Witches and wizards, but not all of them are bad. Hmm, said Harry, wishing that he could have something a little bit more interesting to say. I say, look at that man, said the boy, suddenly nodding towards the window. Hagrid was standing there, grinning at Harry and pointing at two large ice cream cones so he couldn't come, to show he couldn't come in. That's Hagrid, Harry said, pleased to know that the boy didn't. He works at Hogwarts. Oh, said the boy. I've heard of him. He's sort of a servant, isn't he? He's the oh. gamekeeper, said Harry. He was liking this boy less and less every second. Yeah, exactly. I heard he's sort of a savage. He lives in the hut on the school grounds, and everyone, every now and again, he gets drunk and tries to do magic and ends up setting fire to his bed. I think he's brilliant, Harry said coldly. Do you, said the boy with a slight sneer. Is he with you? Where are your parents? They're dead, said Harry shortly. He didn't feel much like going into the ma- into the matter with the boy. Oh, sorry. He said, "Oh, uh, oh, sorry." Said the said the other, not sounding not sounding sorry at all. But they they were our they were our kind, weren't they? Well, they were a witch and a wizard, if that's what you mean. Or you don't think that they should be? I really don't think that they should let the other sorts in. Do you? They're just not the same. They've never even been brought up to know our ways. Some of them have never even heard of Hogwarts until the day they get the letter. Imagine, I think they should keep it in the keep it in the old wizard families. What's your surname anyways? But before Harry could even answer, 
Madam Malcolm said, That's, uh, that's you done, my dear. And Harry, not sorry for an excuse to stop talking to the boy, hopped down from the footstool. Well, I'll see you at Hogwarts, I suppose, said the drawling boy. I don't know who that is in, in the movie. M- Malfoy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He's a little poo-poo face. Harry, you'll see. When you, as soon as you see him on the show, you're going to be like, I already hate him. Harry was rather quiet. What? If I watch it. Oh, we're going to watch it. We're, every time we finish a book, we're going to watch the movie. Harry was rather quiet as he ate his ice cream. Hagrid had brought him chocolate and raspberry with chopped nuts. What's up, said Hagrid. Nothing. Harry lied. They stopped by parchment and quills. He gave, Harry cheered up a bit when he found a bottle of ink that changed colors as he wrote. When they had left the shop, he said, Hagrid, what's Quidditch? Oh, blimey, Harry, I keep forgetting how little you know, not knowing about Quidditch. Oh, don't make me feel worse, said Harry. He told Hagrid about the pale boy and Madame Malkin, and Madame Malkin's, and he said people, and he said people from the Muggle family shouldn't even be allowed in. You're not from a Muggle family, and if he'd known who you were, he's grown up, he's grown up knowing your name. If his parents were wizard folk, you saw what everyone in the leaky cauldron was like when they saw you anyways what does he know about the same old same old best i ever saw that they were the ones with the magic in them and a long line of muggles look at your mom look what she had for a sister oh that's so cute so what's quidditch it's our sport wizard sport it's like soccer in the muggle world everyone follows quidditch Played up in the air on broomsticks, and there's four balls. Sort of hard to explain the rules. And what's Slytherin and Hufflepuff? <clears throat> schoolhouses. There's four. Everyone says Hufflepuff. Schoolhouses. There's four. Everyone says Huffle. Everyone says Hufflepuff are a lot of old duffers. But I bet I'm Hufflepuff," said Harry gloomily. "Better Hufflepuff than Slytherin," Hagrid said darkly. "There's not a single witch or wizard who went to went bad who wasn't in Slytherin." The you-know-who was one. Volda, oh, sorry, you-know-who was at Hogwarts? Years and years ago, said Hagrid. They bought Harry's school books in a shop called Flourish and Blots, where the shelves were stacked to the ceiling with books as large as paving stones, bound in leather, books the size of postage stamps covered in, in covers of silk, books full of peculiar symbols, and books with nothing in them at all. Even Dudley, who never read anything, would have been wild to get his hands on something like some of these hagrid almost had to drag harry away from the curses and counter curses bewitch your friends and befiddle your enemies with the latest revenges hair loss jelly legs tongue tying and much much more by professor professor vindictus verdian i was trying to find out how to curse sturdily I'm not saying that's not a good that that's not a good idea but don't use your magic on the muggle ward and except in very special occasions he said said hagrid and anyways you couldn't work from you couldn't work any of them curse curses yet you need to learn a lot more you need a lot more study before you get to that level 
Hagrid wouldn't even let Harry buy a single gold cauldron either. It says pewter on your list, but they got a nice set of scales for weighing potions and ingredients and a collapsible brass telescope. When they visited the apothecary, which was fascinating enough to make up for its horrible smell, a mixture of bad eggs and rotted cabbages, barrels of slimy stuff stood on the floor, jars of herbs, dried roots, and Bright powders lined the walls, bundles of feathers, strings and bangs, and snarls and claws hung from the ceiling. While Hagrid asked the man behind the counter for a supply of some basic Coffee. yeah counter for some basic potion ingredients for Harry, Harry himself examined the silver unicorn horn at twenty one galleons each and minuscule glittery black beetle eyes, five nuts a scoop. Outside of outside of the apothecary, Harry Hagrid checked Harry's list again. Just you, just your wand left. And oh yeah, I still haven't got, I still haven't got you a birthday present. Harry felt himself go red. You don't have to. Oh, I know I don't have to. Tell you what, I'll get your animal. Not a toad. Toads, toads went out of fashion years ago. Yeah, you'd be laughed at. And I don't like cats. They make me sneeze. I'll get you an owl. Well, I can't help if he's allergic. Yeah, all the kids want owls. They're dead useful. Carry your mail and everything. Twenty minutes later, they ow, they left eye loops. They left Eyelops Owl Emporium, which had been dark and full of rustling and flickering jeweled bright eyes. Harry now carried a large cage that held a beautiful snowy owl, fast asleep with her head under her wing. He couldn't even stop stammering his thanks. Sounded like just Professor Quirrell. Don't mention it, Harry. Hagrid said gruffly, "Don't expect you've had a lot of presents on, from the Dursleys. Just all of the Ollivanders left now. Only place for wands, Ollivanders, and you gotta get the best wand. A magic wand. This was what Harry had really been looking forward to. The last shop was narrow and shabby. The peeling gold letters over the door read Ollivanders." Maker of fine wands since 382 B.C. Oh my gosh, 382. You know how we're 2020? Like 2000, it's 300. 382 B.C. A single wand oh, lie... in the future. No, in the past. Oh. Yeah. It goes from zero to 2000, you know? A tinkling, a tinkling bell... I three was before two. It was. That means it was years and years ago. Oh. Yeah. A tinkling bell rang somewhere in the depths of the shop as they stopped inside. It was a tiny place, empty for a single spindly chair that Hagrid had sat on to wait. Harry felt strangely as though he had concentrated a very st- on a very strict library. He swallowed a lot of new questions that had just occurred to him and looked instead at the thousands of narrow boxes piled neatly right to the ceiling. For some reason, the back of his neck prickled, the very dust and silence in here seemed to tingle with their with some secret magic. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon, a soft voice whispered. Harry jumped. Hagrid had must have jumped too because there was a lot of crunching and noise. He got off quickly off of the spindly chair. An old man was standing before them, his wide his wide pale eye shining like the moon through his gloom of his loop. Sh- Blah, 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 like moons through the gloom of his shop. Hello, said Harry awkwardly. Ah, yes, said the man. Yes, yes, I thought you'd be seeing you soon. Harry Potter. 
It wasn't a question. You have your mother's eyes. It seemed only yesterday she was here herself buying her first one, ten and a quarter inches long, swooshly made of willow. Nice one for a charm work. Mr. Ollivander moved closer to Harry. Harry wished that he could blink those he wished that he could blink. Those silvery eyes were a bit creepy. Your father, on the other hand, favored mahogany wands, eleven inches pliable, a little more powerful and excellent for transfiguration. Well, I, I say your father favored it, but it's really the wand that chooses you, the wizard, of course. Mr. Ollivander had come so close that he and Harry were almost nose to nose. Harry could see himself reflected in those misty eyes, and that's where Mr. Ollivander touched the light of the scar on on Harry's forehead with a long white finger. I'm sorry to say that I sold the one that did it, he said softly. Thirteen and a half inches. Whew, powerful one, very powerful, and then the wrong hands. Well, if I would have known that when I was get, going out into the world what to do, he shook his head, and then, to Harry's relief, spotted Hagrid. Rubus! Rubus Hagrid! Nice to see you again. Oak, sixteen inches. Rather bendy, wasn't it? Yes, sir, yes, sir, said Hagrid. Good one, that one. But I suppose they snapped it in half when you got expelled, said Mr. Ollivander, suddenly stern. Uh, yes, sir, they did, said Hagrid, stifling at his feet. I've still got the pieces, though, he added brightly. But you don't use them, said Mr. Ollivander sharply. Oh, no, sir, said Hagrid quickly. Harry noticed that he grippled his pink umbrella very tightly as he spoke. Hmm, said Mr. Ollivander, giving Hagrid a piercing look. Well, now, Mr. Potter, let me see. He pulled a long tape measure with a silver marking out of his pocket. Which is your which is your wand arm? Um, I'm right-handed, said Harry. Hold out your arm. That's it. He measured Harry from shoulder to finger, then wrist to elbow, shoulder to floor. He'd be left-handed since he's so special. Mm-hmm. Knee to armpit and round of his head. As he measured, he said every. Oops, sorry. He said every Ollivander wand has a core of a powerful magic substance, Mister Potter. We use unicorn hairs, phoenix feathers, oh, phoenix tail feathers, and headstrings of dragons. No two Ollivander's wands are the same, and no two unicorns, dragons, or phoenix are quite the same. And of course, you'll never get such a result with another wizard wand, Peyton. <laughs> Harry suddenly realized that the tape measure was measuring between his nostrils and doing this on his own. Mr. Ollivander was flittering around the shelves, taking down boxes. That will do, he said to the tape measure, and then uh, crumpled it into a heap on the floor. Right then, Mr. Potter, right then, Mr. Potter, this one. Beechwood and dragon heartstring, nine inches, nice and flexible. Just, Just take it and give it a wave. Harry looked at the wand and, feeling very foolish, waved it around a bit. But Mr. Ollivander snatched it out of his hands almost at once. Maple and phoenix feather, seven inches, quite whippy. Try. Harry hurried, but he hardly raised his wand to it when he when it was snatched by Mr. Ollivander. No, no. Here, ebony unicorn hair, eight and a half inches, springy. Go on, try it out. Harry tried and tried and had no idea what Mr. Ollivander was waiting for. Doesn't the wand choose you? Yeah, so he's seeing if the wand responds to him. Uh. Mm-hmm. The pile of tired wands was mounting higher and higher on that spindly chair, but more wands of Mr. Ollivander pulled from the shelves, the happier he seemed to become. Tricky customer, huh? Not to worry, we'll find the perfect match here somewhere. I wonder now, 
Yes, why not? Unusual combination. Holly and Feather Phoenix, 11 inches, nice and supple. Harry took the wand and felt a sudden warmth in his fingers. He raised the wand above his head and brought a swishing down through the dusty air and a stream of red and gold sparks shot from the inn like fireworks, throwing dancing sports of light, spots of light on the wall. Hagrid whooped and clapped, and Mr. Ollivander cried, Oh, bravo! Yes, indeed, very good! Well, well, wow! How curious! How very curious! He put Harry's wand back into its box and wrapped it in brown paper, still murmuring, Curious, curious. Sorry, because he thinks it's such a peculiar wand that chose him. I don't know why. Sorry, said Harry, but what's curious? Mr. Ollivander fixed Harry with a pale stare. I remember every wand I've ever sold, Mr. Potter, every single one. It so happens that the phoenix, whose tail feathers in your wand, gave another feather, just one other. It is very curious indeed that you should be the destined for the wand when it's the brother. Why, the brother that gave you that scar. Is that weird? So, wait, so the same, so the person that has a wand... So there's has this, one of the same feathers from yep. the same bird. I think it's the same one split in half. Mm-hmm. Harry swallowed. Yes, 13 and a half inches. You, curious indeed how these things happen. The wand chooses the wizard, remember. I think we must expect great things from you, Mr. Potter. After all, he who must not be named did great things. Terrible, yes, but great. Harry shivered. Remember, he also said there was a... Uh, Powerful wand. Remember he said that in the beginning? Harry shivered. He wasn't sure that he liked Mr. Ollivander too much. He paid seven gold galleons for his wand, and Mr. Ollivander bowed bowed them from the shop. Late that afternoon, the sun hung low in the sky as Harry and Hagrid made their way back down Diagon Alley, back through the walls. And back through the leaky cauldron, now empty. Harry didn't speak at all as they walked down the road. He didn't even notice how much people were gawking at them until on the underground. Laden as they went with all of their funny-shaped packages and the snowy owl in its cage on Harry's lap. Up another escalator, out into the Paddington station. Harry only realized where they were when Hagrid tapped him on the shoulder. Got time for a bite to eat before your train leaves, he said. He He bought Harry a hamburger and they sat down on a plastic seat to eat him. Harry kept looking around. Everything looks so strange somehow. You all right, Harry? You're very quiet, said Hagrid. Harry wasn't sure that he could explain. He'd just been, he'd just had the best birthday of his life. And yet, his chewed hamburger, trying, he chewed his hamburger, trying to find his words. Everyone thinks I'm special, he said at last. All those people in the leaky cauldron, Professor Quirrell, Miss Ollivander. But I don't know anything about magic at all. How can they expect great things? I'm famous, and I can't even remember what I'm famous for. You know, I don't know what happened when Volt, sorry, I mean, my parents died. Hagrid leaned across the table. Behind the wild beard his eyes and his eyebrows, he wore a very kind smile. Don't worry, Harry. You'll learn fast enough. Everyone starts at the beginning at Hogwarts. You'll be just fine. Just be yourself. I know it's hard. You've been singled out, and that's always hard. But you have great you have but you'll have a great time at Hogwarts. I did, still do, as a matter of fact. 
Hagrid helped Harry on the train that would take him back to the Dursleys, then handed him an envelope. Your ticket for Hogwarts, he said. First is September, King's Cross. It's all on your ticket. Any problems with the Dursleys and send me a letter with your owl. She'll know where to find me. See you soon, Harry. They have to send him back to the Dursleys. I know. Can't they, like, keep him Dude, I know. Agree. The train pulled off out of the station. Harry went to watch Hagrid until he was out of sight, and he rose into his seat and pressed his nose against the window. But he blinked, and Hagrid had gone. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to watch the movie with you! Oh, good job, hey? Okay, I hope that there are some of you who have never read these books because this is going to be a really, really cool series to go, get through together with everybody. And in addition to that, you every time we finish a book or, you know, every time you finish the podcast, it doesn't have to be when we do it, of course, I think that you guys should watch the book, I mean the movie too. Yay. Yay. Okay. Do you still not like Harry Potter? No. You don't? Yeah. You do. You do like it. No. You don't like it. Ah, she doesn't even know what she's... You don't know what you like, okay? You don't know what you like. I like food and cats <sighs> and magic. You're a freaky-deaky Dutch, Peyton. <laughs>